Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Feel. My name is Chris, we always always Parker and Alex, and we watched Kiss of Death, the 1947 version. This black and white film noir is uh, rather well-liked. I'm going back to sleep. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Looks like uh, there was a bit of a miscommunication. Give us a second. There'll be an edit point. Oops. Okay, we watched the 1995 version. It's better. You can talk about the 40s one. Just wake me up when it's out of your system. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this one has substantially more Michael Rappaport than I was physically prepared for, and uh, then it doesn't. <laughs> this is this is a movie with a lot of dudes. Yeah, so many dudes in this yeah. movie. Yeah, tremendous yeah. number of dudes. But before we get to the dudes, uh, it's time for our world famous news segment. Uh, Parker, before I let you go, I have something here. Uh, a little clarification came in over the wire about what kind of movie Barbie is. It is uh, apparently a big fish out of water comedy. The film is set in Barbie Land, a beautiful, colorful society with Kens and Barbies. Ryan Gosling's Ken, said to be a complete doofus, is obsessed with Barbie, but loves the real world for all the reasons Barbie hates it beauty standards, sexism, etc. Ken and Barbie leave Barbie Land for the real world, and the Mattel CEO goes after the duo to bring them back to Barbie Land. The Mattel CEO is played by Will Ferrell. Man, I was in and then out like four yeah. different times. That's a record. <laughs> yeah. I still, I know even less now about what yeah. that movie's going to look yeah. like. I'm more confused. Yeah. So there's a real world and there's... I don't know. How I do mean, they what find else the am real I doing? world? Is there like some sort of like painting like Super Mario 64? Do you look at it? That's how or you get it. Or is there just a, some fucking town? And the, it's fine. You know what? All our it's, questions it's will gonna be, be magic. This the, is, it's going to be magic. Barbie World is in the Oasis. It makes sense, dude. Just think about it. There we go. Pandora. Yeah. I, you know, I I think I'd rather be Barbie than C-3PO. Oh, 100%. I, now that I... Dude, yeah. I, I would rather be, like, virtual Jeffrey Epstein than C-3PO. <laughs> like... All right, Parker, uh, what, what news do you have? This isn't news as much as it is a promise. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot going on in the world that we're not going to touch on because we're not the people to do that. But I will say... In one store in California, Taco Bell's testing a Crunchwrap Supreme with a giant cheese inside. And if those motherfuckers, <laughs> if this does not go nationwide, there's going to be another January 6th. That's all I'm saying. I don't know where I have to march. I cannot take much more heartbreak in my life. You cannot show me that. You can't show me a picture of that and then go, I don't know, test audiences didn't care for it. Sorry. I still haven't had a Mexican pizza. I don't have much in this world. If I don't fucking get this giant cheese at Crunchwrap, you guys are gonna have a two-man show. 
Is it gonna be I like think, the... I don't think they're gonna allow an ISDN line where I'm gonna be at. <laughs> That's <for> fucking shit. <laughs> do, you, do you think it's gonna be like the golden ticket from Willy Wonka? And if you find the giant cheesy, you get to go to the Taco Bell factory. <laughs> oh my god, I will find it for sheer force of will. <laughs> I, I'm just imagining, like you know, 20 years from now, we finally make contact with the aliens. They they come, they land, they tell us they're here in peace, and I'm just in the back of the crowd yelling. Hey, Taco Bell got rid of the Cheez-It thing, and it starts an intergalactic war. <laughs> we have so much to teach you. Yeah, but do you guys have fourth meal? I don't fucking think so. <laughs> Go back to where you came from. Fourth meal. That's why uh, the aliens won't attack. They can't handle the fiery of the Diablo sauce. They're yeah. absolute cowards. They can't handle our atmosphere. Right, exactly. Do we have any other news? That's the plot of Signs too, right? Absolutely. Better movie. It's too. Instead of that kid just leaving half drink glasses of water out, there's just a bunch of Diablo sauce packets. <laughs> just melts it from the inside out. Uh, pretty light week movie wise. Yeah. Nothing All right, I guess. Yeah, I guess we can get to our jerks of the week. Oh fuck! I can't believe you've done this. I'll go first. I've got a jerk of the week and a hero of the week. I'll save my jerk Same. of the week for for later. It comes in, but uh, my hero of the week is Nancy Pelosi. Who, uh, <laughs> who, yeah, uh, she uh, she reminded us of something that's very important as far as civil uh, as far as civic engagement goes. Voting is not enough. We must also donate. So, <laughs> yeah, she took my idea because I was going to start this episode with an Israeli poem. She really. <laughs> I, I'm gonna the cold open is going to be God bless America. So. The kitty is so soft and pretty. <laughs> Would you like to pet the kitty? <laughs> Sorry, but uh, nobody's uh, nobody's allowed to pet cats until we have at least uh, 53 votes in the Senate. Okay. So, uh, who are your jerks of the week? <laughs> My jerk of the week is whoever was supposed to be keeping an eye on Bam Margera in rehab. <laughs> Look... Let me put it this way. I spent like 15 minutes earlier trying to validate the alleged story that he was spotted getting on a plane from Mexico City to Ukraine because, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, sometimes people just know it's their time to make a difference in the world. <laughs> and, uh, I guess, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the wherever biggest he is, break yet. <laughs> whether he's just like you know, trying to, to iron things out between Putin and Zelensky, or just, like, hanging out in Pontius' backyard. Like, I just I just hope he's doing good things. That's all. Can you imagine Terror Taxi but they sent Aaron to Ukraine? <laughs> they sent him to the front lines. <laughs> I've got my boy Compton-ass Terry here. <laughs> What's up, y'all? We're in the most crowded shopping mall in Ukraine. <laughs> and and Bam, looks at the <laughs> Bam looks at the camera. Not for long, though. <laughs> Okay, you jump to that, and I jump straight to the Ferris wheel Chernobyl level. <laughs> Check it out, guys. These Russian pilots don't know this, but we got my buddy Dunn here dressed up as the ghost of Kiev. <laughs> okay, Vito, Vito, we'll let you go home. We'll let you go home, but you have to say Zelensky. Imagine if that's why he got kicked off for. He just kept coming with myths like, yeah, then your airdrop fell into camp. They're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, Parker, you got a jerk of the week? Uh, My jerk of the week was, uh, well, as you all may know, because I haven't assigned it to you yet, 
Miss Marvel, the hot new show on Disney Plus. Oh. Apparently she's not doing so well. Now look, I haven't watched it, but I'm sure it doesn't help coming out, you know, at the same time as Obi-Wan, a show that people are actually excited for. But a man stood up and he tweeted, In short, white people are not supporting non-white-centered stories. And then it was in the comments that someone pointed out that this is the exact same person who tweeted about how Elizabeth Warren was being talked about in all the barbershops, and that's how you knew she had a chance to win. <laughs> you love to see a story come full circle. <laughs> I I always forget that that, like, that meme originates from a post about Elizabeth Warren and not, like, yeah. Russell Westbrook or something. <laughs> right. I, so every time I'm reminded of that, I'm super That's that it? heat we need for the DMC. <laughs> I really thought that was, like, a Jacob Wool thing. He went to, like, a liberal coffee shop or something like that. They're all talking about, you know, anything but January 6th or fucking whatever. Turns out, no, it's some other guy. He was talking about Liz No, Warren. no, the Jacob Wall thing is being in prison. <laughs> is he in prison? I, I forgot what happened to that guy. Well, when I, you get talked about in the barbershop, <laughs> yeah. you know it's real. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, that was no, Chris, more a barbershop thing. Do you think that was like paid for by the same company that paid for like the the Beto O'Rourke makes your toes curl thing? Oh my god. I did that it for has free, to, actually. It has to be. <laughs> it has to be the same like company paying for all that shit. Man, just speaking of dated memes, a happy two-year anniversary to that woman in my hometown waiting for that shredded cheese for her fajitas. I, I, I still, well I, by the way, I still have a picture of the other Alex recreating that picture because we thought it was one of the funniest things we'd ever seen. I pass that place all the time and I laugh. And then anytime someone's like, what's so funny? I'm like, oh no, I just remember you this never story told me. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yeah. Wait till you get to a retirement home. Then, of you course. Know. <laughs> and of course my hero of the week is uh, our good friend who entered a pokemon tcg championship tournament with a 60 card deck made solely out of the jumbo cards what an absolute <laughs> legend because i just like, the read the tweet at first the... yeah. <laughs> like oh yeah they don't make energy cards in that size so he can't attack so he just rolled in with an oversized deck and tried to win by deck out what an absolute champion <laughs> I hope he's doing well wherever he is. It's been a big week for the card game players. Between that and the post on uh, the fucking Magic the Gathering uh, subreddit about uh, asking whether Roe v. Wade is going to make card prices go up. <laughs> it's been a big week for posting. Them all. <laughs> Everyone's just got to fire off something. I like the the idea of the referees at that Pokemon tournament, like looking through the rule book, like it's fucking Air Bud just being like, "Hey, nothing in the rule book says a moron can't play." It's it's, in, Sunday. it's incredible because Pokemon is the one TCG that like you could get away with that in. 100%. Every other one, there would be some rules Nazi there. It's just right. like, oh, well, actually, in 1987, when they were in edition point zero three alpha of Yu Gi Oh, the card game. Right, we, yeah. The voice is good. All right, uh, let's It'll get into like let's get into what we watched recently. Almost everything that I watched this week was pretty good. I'd say the one exception here, and I'm, I'm kind of sad to say this, is I watched David Lynch's Inland Empire. This is a three-hour movie that he made back in 2007. I think it's his last feature-length film. And it's too weird even for me. When I say weird, I'm that's trying to be nice. Like... It's just it's it's more boring than anything else. It's mostly shot on like I think it's shot with like D V cameras or something like that. I think apparently he called up like Laura Dern and she mentioned blah 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 Inland Empire and he stopped listening to her because it's just like the sound of those words. He's like, oh, what if we made a movie about it? And uh, you want to come over and just experiment? 
And uh, when when a man calls you over and asks if you want to experiment, you always say yes. So Laura Dern did that, and she turned in a movie that uh, I can't really make heads or tails of. I think I basically understand. If I do, um, it's just not really interesting enough. I, I kind of have this feeling, it's like, what if this movie was never released? It was like, oh, the unreleased uh, David Lynch movie. Because, like, uh, you know, uh, uh, who, who's the guy who... George Lucas. When George Lucas stopped directing... Uh, apparently he retired to his ranch. He just started making movies just for himself and his family. I was like, maybe David Lynch should have done this with this movie. I don't know if you guys have seen Inland Empire, but it really didn't do anything for me. I have not specifically because I saw that runtime and went, I'll watch a race mm-hmm. first. Yeah. I'll get to the other ones first, the ones that yeah. people actually talk about. You know, it's funny, is yeah. they're actually uh, showing this at the film club at the Alamo. I've never been able to make a film club because it's on Wednesdays, and Wednesday's like a big like crossover day for me. But... If I had to spend three hours of my life watching this in a theater, I would have been really mad. Especially if I had to pay money for it. So, not I, I would like say shitty digital yeah. video too. You're like I can it, that too. I yeah. can watch this on my phone. He can get as mad as he wants. This looks like shit. It, oh yeah, absolutely. You can totally watch this on your phone. It, it almost feels like you should be watching it in like the DV like thing. You know, it'd be like oh now I <laughs> now I appreciate it. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, I don't fucking like him. Inland Empire. Uh, uh, another thing I watched this week, which I thought was was uh, very, very well done, was uh, Justice League Unlimited, which is the continuation of Justice League. I, I thought it was even better than Justice League. I, it's very, very well animated. I was surprised by uh, just how good it looks. The characters are a lot more expressive. The writing is a lot better in almost every single conceivable way. It's better than Justice League. I'd say it's even better than the Superman animated series. I think what makes it work so well is... Uh, I don't know, I don't watch a lot of TV, but I, I think it was just kind of fun to follow these characters and there's a real arc and things tie in <coughs> with each other and it was uh, nice to be reminded that, uh, you know, part of the fun of watching uh, longer run TV shows is you get to follow characters that you like and, you know, see how they develop over time and how their characters change, etc. There is one problem with this show, though, and uh, I should have seen this coming. Back when we did Batman vs. Harley Quinn... That god-awful movie that we all had. There were, there were a bunch of problems with it. And one of the problems was the sexual nature of that fucking movie. There are sexual innuendos in Justice League Unlimited that you could like get away with on broadcast television, but it's like a sign that there's going to be something wrong later on down the line from Bruce Timm, who, as we established on this podcast, is a pervert. Uh, there is a joke that was... I remember like seeing this joke of like, one of those... like. Uh, uh, adult jokes in cartoons that went over your head when you were a kid. Uh, the Flash says he's the fastest man alive, to which Hawk Girl responds, maybe that's why you can't get a date. I'm like, oh, great, what? That needed to be in there. And there's more stuff like that. And I don't even mind it in the show, but it's like, I'm, I'm almost glad that I didn't watch this because I, you know, watching it as a little, just like, yeah, hey, that's fine, you know, something for the dads out there. But uh, just knowing that Batman versus Harley Quinn came out after this, it kind of leaves a weird taste in your mouth. Speaking of weird tastes in your mouth, uh, Parker, do you want to double team Beavis and Butthead do the universe? Absolutely, I'd love to. Also, Dude. I'm just happy you enjoyed Justice League Unlimited a lot. Yeah, I, uh, I'd i recommend it. it is, it's a solid recommendation. As for... <laughs> solid. <laughs> Beavis and Butthead do the universe. I have to admit I was a little apprehensive because it's it's been a while. There was, a, there was like that revival, right? Like, I think back when I was in college, it was like it came back out on MTV. I only saw a few episodes. I thought it was good, but I don't know. It didn't really... It wasn't really like the social phenomenon that it was when it originally came out. And I was like, okay, tell you what, I'll give it a chance. I love uh, Do America. 
how bad could this possibly be? And the answer is, not bad at all. This is actually really good. I think one thing that Beavis and Butthead Do the Universe does that is really underrated, and I don't think anyone else is talking about, is it knows it's a TV movie. It knows it's direct-to-streaming, and it fits like the scope of that very very well like if i had seen this on a theater i would have been disappointed but seeing it on my tv i'm just like this is good this works yeah this is the best case scenario for a million streaming services like yeah i just someone told me this was on and it was sunday afternoon so i turned it on it was 90 minutes i laughed more than i thought i would and we're done like yeah cost me nothing didn't have to plan my day around it this is like the best case scenario I'm the like other thing is that it it, it's, it sticks to the formula that Beavis and Butthead ought to be. Something that uh, Trey Stone or Trey Parker said about uh, about Beavis and Butthead is that it's one of America's last great satirical works of art, and it's really supposed to be about satire. It's not just that they're saying dumb shit and doing dumb shit. You know, it's like they are making a point about society, and this movie does that very well. Now that being said. Uh, I'm very happy that Parker watched this too because if I had to try to sell both of you guys on there's a new Beavis and Butthead movie that comes out and they learn about white privilege in the movie and it's good it would have been kind of a tough sell because right off the bat you feel like oh no that seems like that's going to be a problem but no it actually works really well (laughs) Uh, no matter what the joke's always at they're the two dumbest motherfuckers alive so the joke is always on them that's, that's like a really good like thing where it starts off in the beginning where they're getting sentenced to like prison but like the judge says it's like you guys just haven't had the opportunities that everyone else has had we need to give at at risk youths the opportunity to succeed and it's just like not these guys though <laughs> <laughs> i don't know I'm like I've, I've never thought about like socially are there just some bad seeds but uh looking at people's butthead yeah I, I i agree with that argument you know this is, those guys just never will amount to anything but yeah that movie really works it's very very funny highly recommend beavis and butthead to the universe also it's only like what 80 minutes something like that yeah it was yeah. a nice lean runtime you'd love to yeah. see it oh what else i do oh i this isn't a movie but i read uh norm mcdonald's autobiography based on a true story uh, highly recommend. Very, very funny. And I want to bring it up specifically because he refers to Adam Egot the same way that we refer to Josh Brody. So I thought that was very, very fun. It, like, if you read the book, you'd be like, oh my god, that, that's like 100% how we talk about Josh. Uh, he keeps calling him Adam Egot the entire time, like calling him Rich Evans. <laughs> the first and last is so insulting. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I finally com- I finally completed my uh, Wes Anderson filmography. I finally watched the Darjeeling Limited, and uh, I liked it. Wes Anderson has yet to miss in my eyes, so uh, very happy about that. Darjeeling Limited definitely works for me. I like the chemistry that the three brothers have. I I really I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> three brothers. <laughs> 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 I really like how fast they change everybody's tires. <laughs> Personally, I just like their pizza. So, uh, <laughs> I love Jason Schwartzman in it. Um, the, the woman that he hooks up with in that movie is astonishing. And apparently she hasn't been in a whole lot of other things. I think she's in like some British show now, which is unfortunate. Ugh. Yeah, well, shan't be watching that. Uh, and last one. This is a big one. Uh... I went to the theater just to go to the theater. I guess I didn't want to be alone with my thoughts. 
And I was like, oh, what's playing? I've been there, buddy. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> All right, let's, let's see this. And it's a movie I should have hated. Directed by Baz Luhrmann, whose uh, movies I have never enjoyed. <laughs> uh, uh, about a musical performer that I've never really loved or anything. Featuring songs by Doja Cat for some reason. Uh, I should have hated Elvis. And I'm very surprised to say, I had a really good time. I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. And yet, I don't know if I could really recommend this movie to other people. Because I think if you were to watch this, you'd say, it's garish, there's too much of that bombastic stuff that uh, Baz Luhrmann likes to do. It feels overproduced in a way. It, at some points, it's it's so cheesy that it feels cringeworthy. It, especially, I, I'm, I'm not saying that Tom Hanks turns into bad performance, but his character, Colonel Tom Parker who's this southern idiot who has a stupid voice and he's really dumb and he just kind of pisses off everyone else. Not like, you know. So. Anyway, uh, he that character is very overwritten and it, it gets kind of maudlin at times and I just it's kind of sick and tired of some of like the way that like he'll interrupt things and stuff and, and it kind of makes it more about him. And I understand he's a very important character, not just in the movie, but in like music history. People ought to know about this stuff. Uh, and the, the movie also has a lot of factual errors. Uh, it will get some things wrong. And ordinarily, when you're watching it, I'll forgive a factual error if I'm watching it and, like, I don't really know. Like, if you can fool me, if you can pull the wool over my eyes, I, I basically don't mind. But there were a couple moments where I was watching and I'm like, that didn't happen. Th that certainly didn't happen. And I just know it didn't happen. Uh, but the music basically works. And it does it in, in such a way that it puts uh, the context of who and what Elvis was... Uh, into like a sort of a modern day context. Put it to you like this. They play one of Elvis's worst songs, uh, Baby Let's Play House. If you ever listen to uh, the Beatles album Rubber Soul, uh, the last song in the album steals a line from this, from this uh, song. It's one of the worst lines ever written. I'd rather see you dead, little girl, than to see you with another man. I, like, I hate that line, and it's, it should never have been written. The song itself sucks. And it's one of the best moments in the movie because they... They make it sound really powerful. The guitar doesn't sound like guitar back then. It sounds like really, really cool. And you, that's why the women are screaming. And you, and you watch it like, oh, now I kind of get it. And uh, it's surprisingly well done. I was very surprised to see uh, a black woman who uh, a black woman who reviewed this movie said that they were trying to make it woke, which is the second time I've ever heard someone say that besides like Candace Owens. Uh, as far as whether the movie is woke or not, I don't know. I don't know what the word woke means anymore. I think it's just one of those made-up terms. Everyone just uses it however they want. This is, uh, I think it's actually just good. Maybe I have low standards for rock biographies. Like, I'm one of those guys who actually enjoyed Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, and that being said, I think the only rock biography I didn't enjoy was What's Love Got to Do With It? Insofar as that can be considered a rock biography. But uh, I had a good time. Now, that being said... Uh, Parker and I talked about this off mic and this movie probably would have been a lot better if it had been smaller in scope if it had just talked about the 1968 comeback special which is one of, was probably the most important part of Elvis's career that would have been great uh, but I, I don't know I think if, if you don't understand and that's like totally defensible if you don't understand who and what Elvis was and why he's an important part of American history, then like watch this movie. Like all the all the documentaries I see and all the biographies that I watch, they do a really good job. Even if they're not very good, they do a good job of making the subject seem like it was the most important thing in the world at that time. 
and Elvis actually was for a little bit. Uh, he was, I, I think, the movie at least claims that he is still the world's best-selling solo artist, which uh, I didn't feel like fact-checking, but I believe it. Anyway, I've I had a good time with Elvis. I can't believe I enjoyed a Baz Luhrmann movie. <laughs> I think though they're like, I can watch a Baz Luhrmann movie like once every five years. Like if there if it's more than that, it's too much. Like yeah. I, I don't remember which one I watched before I watched Great Gatsby, but like I fucking hated Great Gatsby because it's like oh, it's just everything you do in all your movies. But if it's Ugh. been long enough that you forget, it's like. Yeah, you know, this is at least its own thing. Like, yeah. it's kind of like Guy Ritchie in that respect, right? Yeah. Like, I'd be so <laughs> mad if I had to watch a Guy Ritchie movie every year. But, like, oh, it's been four years. There's another Jason Statham movie coming out directed by Guy Ritchie. Yeah, of Ooh. course I'm going to watch that. What a, a comparison. Yeah. Oh, yeah, by the way. By the way, <laughs> Austin Butler as Elvis. Apparently, like, I looked up who the fuck is Austin Butler. Apparently he was, like, an extra on Disney Channel movies. So the only, per- not even Disney Channel movie, like Disney Channel like shows he was in like the background of Wizards of Waverly Place or some shit. So the only person who would know who this guy is, is Ishibu. And so he gets a role <laughs> as uh, Elvis. And I gotta tell you, dude, he turns in a better performance than Kurt Russell as Elvis. And coming from me, that's very high praise. Uh, as to which is the better movie, this or the John Carpenter version, it's kind of tough to say because there's so much dumb shit in this one. But I also didn't mind it very much. I, I, I enjoyed both. Uh, this will not get a recommendation from me for either one of you because the runtime is a bit too long. And uh, I guess there's just too much dumb shit. But uh, I, I think Elvis is important and people ought to know about him. And uh, if this is uh, the best movie made about him, then uh, great. Oh yeah, by the way, uh, Jerk of the Week is the other Alex for reminding me of the worst song that Elvis ever did, which I am not going to play. It's called Confidence. It's from a movie called Clambake. And <laughs> I mean, this song fucking it's not sucks, clams, buddy. Oh, shit, dude. It, Be right back. If you want to like endurance test, write into the show, email Parker, and tell him how long you can make it through the song "Confidence" from the movie Clambake without like just closing out of the video. I want to see what you can do. Anyway, Chris, how many lists is Clambake on? Uh, zero. You sure? You know, I'm, I'm going to just take that on faith that I know that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I will say uh, about Boz Lerman movies, I think I've only seen one. Just stepping on that landmine on here. I did not like Moulin Rouge. It's oh, very I... clearly oh. not for me. But even I can appreciate, like, well, there's definitely a distinct style here. And it is for someone that's not me. But I appreciate that he was given a lot of money to make something... That looks like this. Mm-hmm. I'd prefer not to ever watch it, but hey, boy, I despise that movie. I, I that movie. I've watched like thirty me. Marvel movies, man. I'm just happy to see something that has personality. Oh, you know, to that's it. actually it's interesting that you bring that up because there are moments of Elvis that feel like a fucking Marvel movie with a camera and shit. Oh, hell yeah. Now we're talking. Yeah, I'm going to be honest, dude. I the more I think about Elvis, um, there's like a, this little tentative recommendation creeping out of me. Even when it's stupid, even when the movie is just straight up bad, I'm just like, you should still watch it though. You know, you still gotta have a good time. So uh, I just don't like any of that genre, really. No, that's fair. That's yeah, totally fair. I've just I, never I had do. Yeah. yeah, I do like that genre, which makes it like 
Chris liking Bohemian Rhapsody is, like, the most baffling opinion that anyone's ever had on the show to me. Like, I just, like, I never in a million years would have guessed that you had any positive feelings about that movie. I, You know what? Actually, so I was thinking about that. I'm like, why did I like I haven't revisited I'm, I'm a little afraid to revisit it. I, yeah, you liked it the first time. You don't yeah, have to. Exactly. Yeah, you're fine. I, you don't owe us anything. I, I think one of the reasons I like Bohemian Rhapsody might be the reason that I also liked Elvis. I saw Bohemian Rhapsody with my sister at the Alamo and I saw Elvis at the and it's not the Alamo I think it's just the fact that I saw it on a big screen and it feels good on a big screen it felt like you know this is like the great bombastic energy you know twice I've used that fucking word it's I, I don't know it, it just kind of worked for me uh, it, it felt uh, and I saw Elvis by myself and it was uh, oh by the way I had the ILC which is uh, extremely clutch for when you want to be the first to get out People were waiting during the credits. Was like, I was going to say, like well, you, were, you were waiting scene. for the post-credits. Yeah, yeah everyone else. I was the only person. As soon as the house lights came up, I stood right up. I just, like, I just, a just... Man, man walked away. Like, yep, yeah, I don't have to wait for shit. And people just waited. It was just like, oh, what if fucking Priscilla Presley's going to come out at the end? No, it's going to be fucking uh, Michael Jackson comes out at the end. No, they're, they're gonna, yeah, they're going to show him on a desert island with Tupac. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Colonel Parker comes in with a robot leg. Like, oh, shit, I can't wait. Now, I know what you guys are wondering. What does my dad think about Elvis? Oh. Uh, so I mentioned I saw the Elvis movie, and I was like, yeah, I actually had a pretty good time with it. It's like, well, one of my former co-workers is an Elvis impersonator. And that that was as far as we what? got that conversation. Like, at, at, at the job? Or? I hope not. <laughs> Can you imagine if my dad worked with Phil Margera? <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, this is Dave. He works with Igneous Rocks, and also he dresses like Elvis every day. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I As soon as you get to that, my jaw just hit the table. So, so I don't plan on watching Elvis, so I would just like to ask you, uh, fair, yeah. how do we dance around the Priscilla situation? What do we do there? Uh, Do we give any lip service like, oh yeah, have fun with your high school homework. Anyways, I gotta get ready for this big concert. Oh, so they don't really do that. So I I know what you were talking about. So Elvis met Priscilla when she was 14 years old. Right off the bat, you're just like, "Uh uh-oh, creative Ren and Stimpy vibes here. Uh, But uh, upon reading it, apparently she didn't actually enter into a relationship with him until I believe she was 17 or 18. And uh, I'm not saying that makes it okay, but it makes it a little bit more. Oh, if you ask the Smash Brothers community, that's totally fine. Right, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, they don't really do that. Priscilla Presley is in the movie. Uh, She she has a significant part, and she's played by an actress who's really good, and I was actually frustrated that she didn't get more lines, because I thought that she was, as soon as she's introduced, I was just like, we we need more of her. She's a really good character. So uh, I thought that was a little unfortunate, but uh, she does get some screen time uh, yeah this is really oh yeah there's a there's a guy who plays uh, a little Richard who sings Tutti Frutti in the movie and it's so fucking good dude it's really well done see one of the things about Elvis and, and the reason that like I, I really don't love him but there are a couple of songs where it's just undeniable that this is good I think I mentioned before when I downloaded the Rolling Stone magazine top 500 albums of all time and I put them in chronological order just to listen to them and see how music develop over time once you get to 1954 and you get to the first Elvis album, you're just like, oh, that's why this was a hit. This is just immediately better than everything else. 
And uh, once you get to 1955, that's when Little Richard hits and Chuck Berry hits. And you're like, oh, I can understand why this was such a burgeoning movement. So uh, I, if you want to listen to some good Elvis songs, I would say listen to Suspicious Minds and then listen to a different band. Because uh, that's, that's really just the good one. Also, actually, though, they have a, one of his songs that he sang at the end of uh, the 1968 comeback special. Or it was If I Can Dream. That's that's a good one. And uh, I guess just the Austin Butler version of Baby Let's Play House. Uh, all right, so Alex, what did you watch? Um, well, you know, last week, you know, I got to tell you guys about how happy I was to, like, you know, restore my love of cinema. So I did what anyone would do this week and watch Dude, Where's My Car? <laughs> um... <laughs> That is a movie that I have not seen in, I don't know, it actually hasn't been that long. It's probably only been like six or seven years, but uh, um, she had never seen it because she didn't grow up in the States with weed culture. Well, so She needs to know about American culture, she? so. Yeah, of course. Uh, that movie is stupider than you remember and also funnier than you remember, so uh, good for them. I think we... Uh, I really miss, you know, having a guy that was as good at looking dumb as Ashton Kutcher is. Like, he really was a treasure in terms of being able to do that in his youth. Like, I, I think he just, like, does crypto or whatever now and looks stupid <laughs> for different reasons. But, uh, uh, you know, it's dumb guy face is hard. Like, mm -hmm. th there's a reason that everybody on the internet makes fun of Office Jim because he's bad at dumb guy face. And uh, Ashton Kutcher is not. Ashton Kutcher is extremely good at dumb guy face. He is possibly the only person that could have done the end end scene. So, you know, credit where credit's due here. Um, that scene's really funny. It's really good. See, it's weird because we were just talking about how, like, Beavis and Butthead is satirical. And uh, it's not just about, like, they're saying and doing dumb shit. It's, like, sort of, like making fun of something in specific. Where's the end then scene? It's just making fun of just nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> I do like that there's a Zemeckis cube in that movie. That's that's fun. That is true. It is a very important plot point. Yeah. And also, there's an ostrich farm, which I always forget oh, about. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I have not seen that in a long yeah. time. Yeah. And they fucking... They, they hop the fence into the dangerous place, and ostrich finds them and glares at them, and Sean William Scott goes... Dude, it's a llama. And, like, it's just moronic, but in the funniest way possible. You know you know who's really going to do it a dumb guy face is Josh. He's just <laughs> preternaturally talented at that sort of thing. Uh, he's got a lot of practice. Yeah. <laughs> and that is literally all I watched this week, because we're moving and I have been busy. So, uh, cinema's back, baby. It's a good thing we planned this. <laughs> Parker, what'd you watch? Well, uh, obviously we had a seamless edit, so no one knows that anything happened. But last night, uh, as I'm sitting there unable to watch or do anything, it becomes time to turn to the old Blu-ray shelf to turn something on to get my mind off of how fucking angry I am that I'm stuck with AT&T until I move. And, uh, yeah, it was time to rewatch Popstar. Like, one of our favorite movies in this household. Here we go. And I have to say, I've watched a lot of comedies in my life, but I feel like legitimately a top ten, if I just think about this scene, I start laughing scene, is the cutaway to him doing the Ace Ventura, do not go in there, the Anne Frank house. 
That's legitimately <laughs> one of the goddamn things I've ever seen. <laughs> and just thinking about him doing the whole motion <laughs> fucking kills me dead. <laughs> it's a 10 second scene that's never referenced again. <laughs> but I think about it constantly. And um, that really turned my mood, my mood around. Because last night I was a feral animal. Shaking my router and screaming obscenities at it at three in the morning. <laughs> so, uh, thank you, Mr. Sandberg. Appreciate it. Still haven't finished Brooklyn Nine Nine. Probably won't. I'm good. Five yeah, seasons good. was enough. Yeah, don't worry about it. I, I think I saw like one episode, and I was like, "Wow, this is really good." And then I just didn't watch any more of it, which is the exact same thing I did with Rick and Morty. Yeah, you know what? That's Take actually a good comparison for it because. Uh, I think Brooklyn Nine-Nine is, like, you know, it's a bar above, like, NPC shows. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, it's... I don't feel like it's required watching, even though it is pretty funny. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Uh, It definitely just became a thing of habit. It was like, er, did any of the shows we watch have a new episode on Hulu this week? Cool. And then it moved to Peacock, and now I've not seen a new episode since. That show doesn't (laughs) exist. They got married. I don't fucking care anymore. I sat through all of The Office. I'm not doing that again. Oh, Oh, that yeah. You, yeah. I, well, it's probably good you admitted that, so nobody can hit you that one. I would never yeah. have fucking guessed that you've watched more of The Office than I have. I thought I was. I mean, I'll throw this out there. I've seen like there. three episodes of Friends in my entire life. I'll just throw down that gauntlet at y'all's feet. I haven't seen. I haven't seen any Friends, and I think I've seen one episode of Parks and Rec. And I couldn't stand it, so I was like, no. oh. Yeah, I, I fucking hate that show. Yeah, I, 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 I watched three and a half seasons of The Office before I was like, all right, fuck this. And, like, I can't get through 20 minutes of Parks and Rec. Yeah. Like, I enjoyed Parks and Rec when I watched it. Like, even, like, three years later, I tried to go back. I was like, this is not, this is not working even a little bit. Right, yeah. That is I, a show I cannot go back to. Yeah. Chris, uh, apology in advance when Alex assigns you episodes of Joey this season. <laughs> You're in <laughs> if the monkey's there, you know. <laughs> uh, just to continue my uh, heaping praise upon the boys, the newest episode opened with a parody of the Imagine music video that Gal Gadot did with a bunch of celebrities. <laughs> Speaking of Ashton Kutcher, was one of the celebrities. <laughs> Incredibly good bit. Um, well, let's see. Let's get on to some movies. So, uh, late to the party, but I finally rewatched Pawnee Pool and actually watched it this time and didn't just have it on in the background. Mm-hmm. Wow, what a really good movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's been my rewatch list for literally like five years because I just did not give it my full attention. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking good. Yeah, I really like that one. Because I'm laser focused <clears throat> in the things they're describing like over the phone, I'm like... No, I've seen that movie. I've seen that movie 30 times, and I don't care to ever see it again. But in this form, I'm so fully captivated and wrapped yeah, in all of it. absolutely. What a fantastic movie. What was that post-credit scene, Chris? What the fuck was that? That's a, As far as I'm concerned, that's a different fucking movie. I think that's I a director understand. being just like, oh, sequel tease is going to be a completely different genre. I don't know what they were implying, what they were hinting at, what any of that was. They're gonna do. But I won't let that ruin it for me. They're gonna do the fucking natural born killers, but with this, I I don't know. I uh, yeah. I, I don't think anyone happened. should do the natural born killers, but for anything because that movie blows. I've never actually seen it, so oh yeah. 
I think you would hate it, like genuinely. So There's I wouldn't possi- assign it to There's you. It's a real possibility. I don't know. There's I a hope strong it's not chance on the I'd list. like it and not be happy about myself for it. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know I, why the fuck it would be on the list, but like I don't understand why half the things it, you watch are on the list. Yo, so, I agree. You know. Yeah, fucking Inland Empire was on the list. Yeah, we're gonna come in one day, and Chris is gonna be like, "Yeah, so I needed to check off Shark Tale for the list." And like, it's like, what? Okay. Well, but, oh, buddy, really I beached to it. You fucking assholes. <laughs> Actually, I saw that one in theaters. This is what it's like to have a sister who's six years younger than you. Yeah, but you watched it like three weeks ago. <laughs> Just going to some Alamo kids movie party. <laughs> Oh yes, my son is just outside. I'm saving his seat for him so he can eat cereal and watch Shark Tale. Let's see. So, speaking of the list, as I'm scrolling through, I realize like, oh yeah, I've never seen Black Swan. That's just a movie well, that's always been like, oh, I'll watch that someday, and then just never ever got to. It's always gotten bumped down the list, mm-hmm. and for some reason, I just uh, decided to watch it because I just love so many of Aronofsky's other movies, you know. <laughs> Mother, yeah, do be like that. <laughs> I mean, I like the wrestler a lot. It was so it was a very good companion piece to that. Mm-hmm. I'm very much a fan of movies about people getting obsessed with whatever weird thing they're into and becoming insane perfectionists. Whether you know it be the whiplash route where it ruins your life, or a more positive one like our hero Billy Mitchell in The King of Kong. But yeah, I enjoy yeah, KD three posting about deviant art. Yeah. Of course, <laughs> the third leg of that triangle. Of course. <laughs> you know, uh, I, uh, I, I, sorry, I liked it a, lot. a good bit. Yeah, I spent I, like the second half of that movie going. If this motherfucker tries to tell me that the Mila Kunis character isn't real, I'm breaking my laptop. Do right. not try and throw this in my face, you fucking hack. But we're all good. We're good. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, because that's just every other movie that's been done about that shit. Yeah, uh, my, uh, I love that that's in play, though. Yeah. I, I oh, love that course. you have to think about it, because Aronofsky sucks that much. You know what's <laughs> weird? It's like, for a while, Aronofsky was one of my favorite directors, and uh, then I saw Mother. I was like, uh-oh. And then you, like, turned 22. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's usually how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now that I think about it, I think I only actually like three of his movies requiem for a dream i like uh, quite a bit i love the wrestler and i actually did enjoy black swan in fact i, I don't know if i've mentioned my black swan story before but i saw that at a movie theater i think it, was, it may have been the movie theater that i worked at at the time with josh and i watched it with a girl who shall go nameless and afterwards she wanted to sleep she wanted to sleep with me and i said yes and it was extraordinarily uncomfortable with uh, that movie in the back of my mind so yeah, after like, because yeah. I'm one of those people where the things that irk me are very specific. Like, I watch a gorillion horror movies, nothing gets me. Her fucking fingernails getting pulled. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely yeah. missed. Every time it cut, like, the weird scratches on her back or her legs, like, my whole body would tense up. I am very particular with the things that get me. And the idea of maintaining an erection after watching her pull out her fucking nails on a screen that big impossible. You're a braver man than I, and I commend you. I well, hornier, I guess. But also, there is one other story about here that's uh, kind of nice, and it's on the opposite end of the spectrum. I I don't remember why we were doing this, but for some reason, my mom was staying up late and I was awake too, and she wanted to watch Saturday Night Live, and I was like, "Why? That just sucks." And she's like, "No, come on, come on, let's, let's watch Saturday Night." Live. I'm like, 
alright, fine, whatever. Uh, I beat all my GameCube games, What's, what am I going to do? And it was an episode where Jim Carrey was hosting. And he was in a sketch where he was going to be the Black Swan. And he takes it kind of literally, and he's actually acting like a bird. And I was surprised. <laughs> it was really, really funny. It actually worked perfectly. And my mom was laughing really hard, even though she had never seen Black Swan, and I hope she never did. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that, that sounds like something we do in the Bird Channel. Yeah, it does kind of. <laughs> it was. I, I have to admit that that one thing of uh, Jim Carrey on SNL pretending to be a bird was funny, and uh, that's a major admission coming from me. I'm very happy that you got to experience SNL with your mom. Let's <laughs> see, I, I don't like SNL. <laughs> well, <laughs> the pyramid has many chambers. <laughs> Man, you think Chris has seen the Night at the Roxbury movie? I have, actually. I had a feeling you might have, but... Yeah. Uh, I saw that in theaters with my mom. Where Cause, Where did I see yeah. that? It's a... Uh, I think I... I think I saw that in school. I think I, I think I saw it on like a on like a bus ride or some to and from an away game or some shit. As it no, turns out, that movie is not good. Yeah. No. Usually correct. we would just watch we would watch one of two movies. We'd either watch Rocky One or we'd watch Remember the Titans. The only exceptions were <laughs> one time there are three exceptions. One time we watched Night at the Roxbury, I guess. Either that or we watched it when someone just ran out of lesson plans. Like, I'm gonna put this on. Uh, one time we watched Mean Girls on the way back from Snow Hill after beating uh, Ben Tate and his team, and my dad really liked Mean Girls. And uh, the other time we watched Hell fucking yeah. Jersey Girl. <laughs> I don't know why that was not my decision. So I've never seen Jersey Girl. It's too boring to assign. Thank God, that's what I was banking on. Yeah. Uh, a movie that I've had my eyes on for a while is a modern slasher movie called X that my good friend oh, Alex messaged me about and said, hey, did you know someone gets killed by an alligator in that movie? Which immediately <laughs> caused me to message another friend and say, hey, can you put this on your Plex server for me? <laughs> and everything worked out. Um, do you know anything about X, my good friend Chris? Uh, yeah, I know two things. One, it is apparently a pornographic sort of uh, idea there, like excellent for like X-rated oh, yes. sort of thing. And the other thing I know is that it's not on the list yet, so safe. Not yet. It's the same director as House of the Devil, which I'm pretty sure you enjoyed, if I remember correctly. House of the Devil. That's the one that's very 70s styled. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I love that. That was really good. I love that Chris has seen so many horror movies that House of the Devil could have plausibly been like 30 of them. Yeah, that, awesome. I was going through. It was like, was that 1957? How's he still directing? Fucking terrible. <laughs> it doesn't get better from here. Yeah, same director, uh, same attention to detail and style. It's It feels like a really grimy... The go-to is always Texas Chainsaw, but it's not really that. But a grimy 70s movie, a bunch mm. of people running out of place to shoot a porno. And then people start getting murked. It's... About 20 minutes too long, but I had a pretty good time of it. And yes, in fact, someone does get eaten the fuck up by an alligator. So that's an immediate three and a half stars, regardless of what I felt about it. But uh, it led me down a better road because that director was good friends with a bunch of people in the scene at that time. Uh, one of which, of course, being Adam Wingard. Which made me realize, like, man, I haven't watched Year Next in like three or four years. I should pop this no, on. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think I mentioned this when you talked about House of the Devil, but the the director of that is the guy near next 
who walks up to the window and eats that crossbow shot that sends everything into motion. <laughs> so that's what put the movie in my head. And man, that movie's fucking perfect. I love Your Next, dude. It is so good. I love it with all of my heart and soul. It had been a couple years, so I didn't remember every single beat the way I used to. And just what a beautiful film. Such exquisite murder. I want to watch it again, honestly. Yeah. It just makes me so happy. <laughs> that tight 90 minutes, you get a a lead character who can take the world into her own hands. I love the whole twist of like, oh, no one knew that she was this insane survivalist who grew up with a crazy dad teaching her how to hunt with crossbows. What a good fucking movie. Mm-hmm. That I still feel like not enough people have seen. Oh, I definitely... It is crazy. I, like, to me, like... Even years before I'd seen that movie, I'd heard about that movie in, like, normie circles. Like, I... At no point in my life have I been, like, in conversations with other film dorks online somehow. Which is strange when I'm doing this and talking about this now. But, uh... That was a movie that I just kind of assumed was, like, as big as, like, The Descent. And it's just not. And I was like, oh, huh. I guess everyone that saw this movie just really, really fucking loved it. More people should do that. You, like, the mask alone should be enough to get someone... You put that shit on Netflix. I feel like that cover art's getting enough people to hit play. I, I mean, wish. luckily I bought it years and years ago, but, like, they should make that more accessible. Come on. Yeah. You made Godzilla vs. Kong. You could you can get your fucking movies out there. Let's see. Oh, buddy. So what I watch after your next... Revisited a, a little film called Drag Me to Hell. Yes! Oh, my mom's favorite oh, movie. Oh <laughs> my god, it had been a while. I love this movie so <laughs> What I love most is that it's a movie, a horror movie, called Drag Me to Hell. In the last ten seconds of the movie, she gets dragged to hell, and you're like, oh damn, they actually did it. <laughs> At no point do you think she's going to literally get dragged to hell and that's the last 30 seconds of the movie, then it cuts to black. Good on him. Yeah. You know, my, one of my favorite things about it is it's basically a chick flick. Like, I mean, there's a scene of her, like, eating ice cream, you know? Like, th- that's this has everything I need for a chick flick. Uh, Allison Lohman, I think, is the uh, lead actress. Yeah. She is so... I haven't seen it. I don't know if I've ever seen her anything else uh, before or since. But I, I love her... I, I'm sorry, I gotta tell the story about Drag Me to Hell. We had uh, family friends. They were uh, Cuban-Puerto Rican girls, uh, two of them twins, and uh, very, very beautiful women. Henry and I were good friends. Henry actually uh, dated one of them for a bit. And we went over to their house, and we're like, you have got to see this. So we put on Drag Me to Hell, which uh, they could barely withstand because they were getting spooked the whole time. And then when she gets dragged to hell, they were denying the ending. They are like, no, that didn't happen. That was all a dream. <laughs> Was, nope. <laughs> she married the Mac guy. <laughs> that movie Mac is babies. so perfect, too, because it just happened to come out right as, well, I was going to say the financial collapse. Uh, one of oh, these yeah. several will be enduring. <laughs> like, right as the world's falling apart, it's like, yeah, and this fucking mean banker lady just denies her alone, and then she gets tortured for 90 minutes. You're like, yes, correct. <laughs> it's a movie that ages like fine wine, let me tell you. <laughs> As I look at house prices around here and realize, well, like, oh, I'm just going to have an apartment until I'm 45. That's yeah, life now. pretty much. Pretty satisfying to watch. Um, one of the grossest movies I've ever seen in my life, and it's somehow only PG-13. It's insane. 
The movie's fucking disgusting. With the fucking nosebleed scene, and the guy's like, did I get any of my mouth? <laughs> I... The scene where her dentures fall out, and she just puts her whole gums around poor Allison Bloom's <laughs> face. It's so vile. The scene where the fucking fly, like, just flies up her nose, and then she coughs it out later at dinner. Oh my god. He is truly a vile and disgusting man. That was my first ever published movie review back for uh, my college newspaper. Oh, hell yeah. What's really interesting about it to me is it was true then, but especially nowadays. Like, a director will make a you know, a decent movie, not a crazy budget, and they'll show like, hey, I can work without money, and then enter Disney or Marvel or Star Wars or anyone to be like, cool, here's $200 million, um... Just do this, this, and this. We've already got the effects. Don't worry about it. And then if it doesn't work, like, you know, Rogue One, that director just disappears forever. Or if it works, they just stay in that system forever. And this was a weird time where he did his three Spider-Man movies. And you're like, all right, I mean, I love these big budget things, but I wish he'd go back to doing like a low budget horror movie. And then he did it. And that never, ever, ever happens. They never stop making the giant tentpole $200 million movie and go back and make what they got famous for. This is like the one example where he did it and he fucking crushed it. It's so good. I got bad news. And you news. can compare lo- it to... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, I looked up what else Alison Logan has been in. Turns out she was in Gamer the same year. Oh, man. Oh, that was a good episode. <laughs> we, we, could, we could put that on the list of things we need to do again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll just redo it. Morbius. Every couple of years, we'll talk about Gamer and Morbius. <laughs> and Bear. And, oh, oh, hell yeah, dude. Oh, we should go back to Bear. Oh. We should go back to Bear. Bear. It's not great... fair that Bear had to share an episode with the Master of Disguise. Yeah, we'll fix that. We'll fix that. Yeah. <laughs> Like Sam Raimi, <laughs> one for them, one for us. <laughs> Sam Raimi and uh, Peter Jackson have like such a comparable career path where they make these weird, gross indie horror movies, and they're given the keys to these humongous franchises that like change how movies look for a decade. Sam Raimi goes back to his roots and does this, and then Peter Jackson goes back and he's like, "No, I'm going to do a serious movie." And then he makes the Lovely Bones, and it's the <laughs> biggest fucking disaster. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that one either. I, I have heard nothing but horrendous things. Yeah, I. That's another director. Where it's like he hasn't made that many movies. I'll get just do them all in a row someday. I'm yeah. not going to watch that now. I will, that'll was be he, a one and done. Was he the one that did Mortal Engines? I, think I keep thinking it. that he did. I think you told me that he did, Alex, but I never bothered to verify whether that's true. Damn, Mandela. <laughs> yeah, all right, I'm going to look that up right now because it's going to bother me. That feels like a Zemeckis thing. No, that was... D- oh, no, yeah, you're right. He uh, he wrote it and produced it, yeah. Uh, it turns out it was directed by Christian Rivers. That's not real. Uh, yeah, apparently he was, oh, well, technically, he was a, Christian Rivers, the same guy who worked on, uh, most of his movies. <laughs> the same guy that walked on his community college film club. <laughs> That's a joke for nobody. That's all right. Whoa, do not, it. whoa, 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 do not look at the Wikipedia for Christian Rivers under the name, uh, The Dam Busters. Whoa, <laughs> That's an N-word. Oh, yeah. jinkies. All right, next week's episode, Mortal Engines. 
<laughs> damn, I'm meaning to watch that movie. I don't know that's how fucking cool it was. It's called The Damn Busters. Oh, there it is. He oh. bought the rights to that movie from Mel Gibson. That's ah, uh, well, that, that was probably in the contract. So yeah. you got to well, one line in. Yeah. You have 100%. to call that dog. <laughs> <laughs> was it? Was it? Was it the Damn Buzzers a book written by H.P. Lovecraft? I don't know. Well, Stephen Fry wrote the script. What is this? Uh, sorry, Parker. What else did you watch? We'll be looking at this for a while. That's about it. But I'm actually super interested in what you're talking about now. I want to die. <laughs> Apparently, the Dam Busters was spelled D A M. Uh, was a movie for, or, or a project at least from 1955, and a bunch oh, of people must have fucking loved it. And uh, everyone was like, "Oh, make this." I think like Mel Gibson originally bought the rights, but then uh, <clears throat> so. Uh, uh, Christian Rivers, who was a guy who was like storyboard and like worked on all of uh, Peter Jackson's like stuff, bought the rights and he wanted to do a project of it. Apparently, Stephen Wright, Stephen Fry wrote the script. And where is the N word factor in? I hear you say, uh, panting like a dog. Well, apparently there is a dog in the uh, in the script, and the dog belongs to Mel Gibson's character. And oh. I think in the book or in the original story or whatever, that dog was called. The N word, and uh, Christian Rivers uh, released a statement <laughs> saying that they were going to update the dog's name to Digger instead, despite no. the historical inaccuracies. <laughs> no, no, he's yelling Digger. It's different. I just want to say I clicked on Christian Rivers on IMDb, and he has one movie in the works right now, which is a movie on Malaysia Airways Flight Three Seventy. Let's fuck with yeah, this guy. All See right. you guys there. All right. <laughs> Do we have a new favorite director? <laughs> uh, I haven't watched Mortal Engines yet, but we'll see. <laughs> Has any of us watched another Mortal movie <laughs> that like once a month? I'm like, should I watch that? And then I'll see it's not streaming for free. I'm like, yeah, I'm not paying three dollars for this. Yeah, that feels like it's three hours. It's. I'm sure it feels that way. Let yeah. Me, let me do some research here. Let me look at my notes. Not available on your streaming services. Try again. That's four dollars too many movie. Exactly. Well, two hours and nine minutes. Two, uh, oh, nine wow, that is uh, that's better than I was expecting. So Hugo Weaving third build. You say all right. Okay, get, into it. Here we Let's go. See what's going on here. What's the name the of the city's dog? move? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, coward. Show us what you got. All right. Uh, in that case, let's talk about. Kiss of Death. <laughs> Kiss of Death is a movie that stars uh, David Caruso, who was a guy from. Uh, what was the name of his show? I get all those shows confused. It was like Detective. It shows. was the original CSI, right? I think so. Yeah, because he was he was doing that in like uh, late eighties, early nineties, and then he left that show to perform to uh, pursue a film career. And, uh, no, he was on. No, 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 no. Sorry, I want to get this this straight. Okay. He was on NYPD Blue, and then he left, and then he did CSI. Oh, okay, okay. Movies. All right, yeah, all right, that makes sense. You know, other than Proof of Life, a movie we should make Chris watch. Uh, oh, like it when conversations. <laughs> movie is so good. <laughs> this movie has such a powerful cast that, like, if ninety percent of movies would be like, hey, you know what? We'll just talk about this next week. It's fine. We had scheduling issues. Things happen. Mm-hmm. We had to come back the next day. Like, I need to talk. 
about Nick Cage's accent. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's one. I need this. I've been jonesing. I need this while it's fresh in the brain. So uh, he plays a character. Do you, do you know the character's name? You guys uh, remember the character's name? I do, but only because they yell it so much, and every time it made me perk up, yeah. like, oh, that's gotta be some dude from the 40s. Yeah. His name is Jimmy uh. Kilmartin, and he's an ex-con, <laughs> and I wonder if his crime was killing Martin. So, uh... Shut up. <laughs> we should have waited a week. Yeah, you know what? I was uh, wrong. Oh, 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 oh guys, I'm, I'm breaking <laughs> off my... <laughs> internet <No>. is... <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So, uh... <laughs> he he lives in New York and he's like, uh, no, I got a clean life now. I'm uh, I'm not into that life anymore. And he's got a he's got a wife. And he's got a, a newborn daughter, right? And uh, they both are, uh, you know, just trying to they're trying to like live a you know clean. I don't know what their jobs are. I forgot what they do for a living. I think he does he work at like an auto repair shop or something like that. But uh, they look like they get their life basically together, and he's like lying on the couch, and his daughter's sleeping on his chest. It's like a total dad move, you know. It's such a great like. It's like ah, oh, you know, I'm wrestling with my daughter. And the first thing that the first thing that Michael Rappaport does is try to wake up that baby. <laughs> 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 And it's it's Michael Rappaport doing doing a real like Anthony Hopkins like you know he's only in science of the lamps for like eight minutes. <laughs> Michael Rappaport's on screen for like five minutes, but my god, boy, you he is look going away. full bore. That's the thing about it is like I, I this scene has really stuck with me because it's it's kind of like this comedy of errors. This brief it's like less than a minute long scene, but he's lying on the couch and all the and Michael Rappaport is banging on the door like. Just not stopping. He's never. There's like no pause or whatever. Let his hand heal. It's just like constant percussive shit. And meanwhile, David Caruso can't like yell like I'm coming, I'm coming, stop it, because like his baby's right there trying to. He doesn't want to wake up that fucking baby. So he has to like very slowly like pick her up. You know, like the first movement, she's gonna like start crying. You know, he's like, ah, come on. So he goes over there, and as soon as he opens the door, even part way, Michael Rapport points his face in, and he's like, "Come on, Jimmy, I really need your help, man. Come on, man, you gotta help me out, man." <laughs> it's just like, boy, is there anyone who would want to see less in your doorway at two in the morning than Michael Rapport? Come on, man, we but gotta also, do a job. <laughs> if that guy was in my house annoying the shit out of me and waking up my baby, it would only take me about forty-five seconds to be like, "All right, all right, fine, man. Will you just shut the fuck up if I do what you want?" <laughs> yeah, that's like, that's also if you're just like looking at the baby like. She's probably fine. I would rather see Fred Krueger in my house in the middle of the night. <laughs> fucking Michael Rappaport cop-knocking at my door. Michael Rappaport, the male Rachel Dolezal. All right. So. <laughs> like, I was watching with headphones in. My anxiety was spiking so high because yeah. he would not stop banging on that door, dude. I was losing my mind. Oh, God. I was fucking furious. <laughs> I was like, let that baby sleep. <laughs> Anyway, he's just like, come on, man, I need... What is he... I don't remember if he was... Because it's kind of hard to understand what he's saying. Uh, <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> this movie needed subtitles, I, for Yeah, sure. I don't know how to say this nicely, but, like, what is the wigger equivalent of Ebonics? That's that's what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just Italian, yeah. dude. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't feel Sucks. good about... I don't feel good about saying that word, but that's what they're going to call the dog in this movie. So, you know... <laughs> anyway uh he said he either says he needs thirty thousand dollars which i'm going to assume david caruso doesn't have 
or sorry, Jimmy Kill Martin, or uh, he needs him to do a job, which will net them thirty thousand dollars, so he won't get killed. So I think they go with the latter because he needs a job. But like, just to jump cut, like, all right, I guess I'm doing this job. Like, no, I'm slamming that door in his face so fast. Yeah. He's getting thrown out like DJ Jazzy Jeff. I'm slamming the door. <laughs> and I'm calling the cops if he knocks one more time. We gotta talk... Speaking of people getting thrown. So they go to the work site, which I guess is just every single junkyard that has ever been in a movie. And uh, there's like, okay, so the job is we gotta drive these... What are they driving, like, dump trucks or some shit? And they gotta drive it from point A to point B. Whatever happens in between, that's not really important. But guess who's there? Our close personal friend, Nick Cage, who had to have done some steroids and get into the shape that he's in for this movie. Bro. He looks big. Also, like, I, the reason I say he's on steroids, like, I usually don't, like, care if someone does it because it's, it's Hollywood. You know, you got to get the buzz. Fucking whatever. Uh, the reason that I say that is I'm pretty sure this came out the same year that he won the Academy Award for Leaving Las Vegas where he played a strung-out alcoholic. So it's like... There had to have been something where he got into that shape for that role. Anyway, he there's like some guy in like the bed of the car or something like that, and I don't know, is that guy drunk or asleep or whatever? Cage grabs <laughs> <Just> yelling. <laughs> this guy is just too fucking hammered to drive a truck. Yeah. But also they bring him with them and he's just yelling for people to get out of his house the yeah. whole time. <laughs> I wanna talk about the scene where Cage grabs this guy and throws him out of that truck. He throws him, and I thought, oh, that's a fucking, that's a, that's a dummy. They're doing the same shit that they do in all the movies. No, that body turns, it is alive. That is the most human ragdoll I've ever seen in my life. I, I hope that guy got paid Not hazard pay. Gene Simmons getting thrown off the dam. <laughs> I'll come back for you. <laughs> Ragnar will return after these messages so yeah uh, they go on there it's Nick Cage and Michael Rappaport and David Caruso and right off the bat this is all I need to know I'm going to watch the rest of this movie but they get stopped by the police including Officer Samuel L. Jackson who has hair uh, don't like it Yeah, not much of it but has some and he's, he's playing the good cop which uh, I wasn't ready for He's asking David Caruso very politely for his license and registration, or, or just, not even that, he's just asking for the manifest. <laughs> and, like, everyone else in front of him is getting pulled out, guns in the back of their heads, getting handcuffed, he's like, well, you know, if it please, sir, if you could uh, please exit the vehicle, we'd uh, like to ask you some questions. And Caruso's just like, I don't know, I'm thinking about it. And the drunk guy who's asking everyone to get out of his house is like, oh, what the, a black officer, and he pulls out his gun and shoots him. <laughs> <laughs> This, this scene is this scene's wild for so many reasons, not the least of which is there being 50 cop cars to stop this uh, illegal car shipping business. I guess. It's like, what, what, did they just, like, save a dog from the L.A. River and they were on their way home? I don't understand why there's so many cops in this scene. Hero. 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 <laughs> Well, uh, sorry, I thought you were going somewhere else with that. Anyway. Uh, no, yeah. no. I, I think I was, I just forgot. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Oh yeah, by the way, we should also mention the, uh, the names, or the name of, uh, <laughs> of Nick Cage, which is Little Junior Brown. 
I on three. One, two, three. When I was born, <laughs> <laughs> and his dad, regular size junior. No, yeah, no they call no, they call his dad Big Junior. <laughs> <laughs> which I have to admit like they laugh about it in the movie but I was like that has to be a holdover from like the 1940s that has to be a joke no he was just he was just a really good goalie on his youth hockey team <laughs> big junior <laughs> I, I just looked up the 1947 one which uh, I have to admit I didn't actually watch uh no, it turns out there is no character named Big Junior. Not even Carl Malden wanted to play Big Junior. So, uh, what is the 1947 one about? Probably the same thing. Uh, I Fair know. enough. Yeah, apparently. I yeah. assume that's what all of these names are from, which is why they sound so fucking stupid. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. Well, apparently no. Even Jimmy Kilmartin's different. Yeah, apparently this is a very loose uh, remake of the 1947 classic. So, uh, anyway, the police, uh, was, oh yeah, he, uh, David Caruso tries to stop a bullet with his hand and it doesn't work because he's not Shazam, so, uh, he gets shot in the hand and that hurts and it also hits, uh, uh, Samuel L. Jackson's character in the head, which, uh, apparently doesn't go so great for him. So, uh, he goes to prison and the, the family lawyer, the, for Big Junior, says, uh, don't worry, we can get you in there for only five years, you'll be out after two, it'll be great. He's like, yeah, but I, I got a daughter, I didn't even do anything, I don't even, I didn't even put the guard, I didn't even put the truck into second gear, and I'm going to prison, this is fucking bullshit, come on. So, uh, he, he has to go to prison, and, uh, it's just the way that it works, and, uh, <laughs> fucking... If, if fucking Michael Rappaport comes to his wife, he's just like, well, I got good news for you, but I'm going to give you $150 a week. I'm just like, you know what? Even in 1995, I know that's not covering your rent. So, right off the bat, that's uh, that's not going to be right. He's, and he's like, oh, okay, how about you come work at, like, the chop shop? You, you could be a great fucking secretary, you can make calls and shit. And uh, she's like, all right, if it gets you to stop talking to me, I'll just fucking do it. <laughs> Imagine if your significant other was in prison and you were indebted to Michael Rappaport to keep you afloat. Yeah. Immediate suicide. Yeah. Not even a second hesitation. Yeah. He can raise my kid. Whatever. Yeah. I would literally have a better chance during the zombie apocalypse than I would if I had to work for Michael Rappaport. Yeah. <laughs> completely honest with you. Can you imagine Michael Rappaport doing the training for your job? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, dude. Just like one of those fucking videos about like, awareness about sexual harassment and Michael Rappaport walks in from off screen. Ah. He's, but he's, he's the gallant in someone else's goofus. <laughs> you know, first thing you gotta do, you gotta treat bitches with respect, okay? I don't know why I'm talking like Luis Guzman instead, but that's just... It's close enough. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that, Luis. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Gotta make sure you enter in your hours before Saturday. Otherwise, it's not going in your fucking direct deposit. <laughs> Man, I just realized that Samuel L. Jackson's had to work with this chuckle fuck twice now. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> That's why he's the tough guy in Hollywood, you know? It's like, man, I have had to work with shit you guys wouldn't believe. <laughs> Yeah, so the shark eat me halfway, and yeah, I don't oh, care. Yeah, exactly. Fuck this movie, I'm out of here. <laughs> so, anyway, she uh, she sees Michael Rappaport beating someone. Michael Rappaport's beating someone up, right? 
I think that's... Yeah, so that's the, guy, the guy tries to bring in, like, a stolen car, and he's like, we don't do that shit here, and then proceeds to destroy the stolen car with a piece of yeah. rebar. But also... Clearly do that shit. Here. Yeah, I have to. I have to admit, right. like, yeah. I'm I'm kind of satisfied here that like Michael Rapaport can just play himself in a movie. It's <laughs> a good. Game. I think that's most of his movies. Yeah, that's but, oh, yeah, fair know. enough. Yeah, I I don't know if I felt it when he was doing the the fucking uh, Deep Blue Sea. I thought he was playing someone more intelligent than himself. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Michael Rapaport. She sees him like beating some guy up, and she's like, "Fuck it!" She grabs a rolling rock. And uh, that's not good, because she is a recovering alcoholic, so she's relapsing. And Michael Rapp- Can you mentioned relapse rolling rock. Yeah, I know. <laughs> she, I, just just to be clear for the listeners, we're like fifteen minutes maybe into this movie. Yeah, <laughs> things happen in this movie so fucking fast. Yeah, exactly. Like. For a movie that's like a hundred minutes long, it is really difficult to follow. Yeah. Like when when like Chris is asking what's happening in certain scenes, it's not because he wasn't paying attention. It's because yeah. like there's seventeen plots. I could only on take notes on movie. on so many things. You guys are gonna have to like uh, do me a solid and help me out with uh, whatever I missed. Anyway, he takes her to a strip club. Was it, is it called like Babeland or something? Some some oh, stupid shit. called baby, baby case baby case yeah. yeah which by the way I would never first of all I'm not going to a strip club anyway because I'm not that kind of guy but I respect yeah. them too yeah. much also yeah, same. but also <laughs> like you can't tell people where were you I was at baby cakes I'm just not gonna fucking... no, you just lie you're just like yeah sorry I was having I was an affair. At, yeah yeah that's better <laughs> so Nick Cage is there and he's bench pressing a stripper who calls him a faggot <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Is this the point where you're like, oh, this is why they wanted an episode out of this? Okay, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, can we can we talk about the aesthetics of this strip club for a second? Because this strip club features prominently throughout the movie, yeah. and I just can't help but think that it seems exactly decorated and lighted like a hotel conference room. It, this is like the brightest strip club I've ever seen, and yet also the most drab strip club I've ever seen at the same time. Somehow, yeah. I don't understand anything about how big it is or like who actually goes there other than these gangsters. Like it's, it is a baffling place to have like ten minutes of your movie take place. Yeah, I, it feels like it's a two separate idea. It feels like it's more of a fucking like laser tag arena that they just put a stripper pole it in. Does. It does. It, yeah. <laughs> it's like a bunch of fucking strippers running around like a Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, exactly. Like, it makes no sense. Yeah. I, uh... Now, the thing I think about a lot is when I first described this movie, I described Nick Cage's Italian accent, to which Alex corrected me, he is Italian. And you know what? <laughs> that is true. But also... He's not this Italian. Nobody is this Italian. Like, I live in Texas, but goddamn, <laughs> I don't come in firing off two fucking shooters. I say, I say, y'all I mean, see that? You could, I, next, I could. I, Nick I, Cage could. I would lean into it. I would 1,000% lean into I, it, look, just for the record. But. If we ever take off, we're doing live shows. I'm showing up in Cowboy Booth yeah. and 10-gallon hat. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Uh, same, but also me. <laughs> That's fine. Exactly. You do it once, I'm going to be there wearing the exact same gonna. I'm going to be so. the drummer from ZZ Top who's not dressed like the other guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, so... Uh, Big Junior and Little Junior are, like, arguing about, like, oh, were we seen when we uh, got arrested <laughs> by the cops? So it's like, yeah, I guess. 
It's uh, the sinus big junior and little junior are arguing. Yeah. Put me in a really good spot for a minute there. So, uh, it's a real Bernie Jamaican me crazy yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> little junior, if the barbershops are talking about you, you're on the right track. Jamaican me crazy. Yeah. All right, so, so he... Uh, <laughs> so killing Martin was like not good enough for you, but she making me crazy still makes you laugh. Okay. <laughs> no, Correct. Anyway, they get like pissed How off. Is this even a conversation? Yeah. Of course it does. So they get like pissed off because like they don't like the fact that uh, Michael Rappaport is like he's like trying to like uh, make an advance on her. You know, he's also giving her more alcohol when she's a recovering alcoholic. And they get pissed. I think more so they just get like pissed off that he's there and they don't really like him very much. They're like, yo, no, get out of here. Take her home. Get out. Get the fuck out of here, Kakashka. And he's like, okay, I got a great idea, guys. You're going to love this. I'm like, all right, whatever. Just, can you just leave? All right, can we cut this? Can we cut? Anyway, so he takes her to his house instead and she wakes up in the bed. She's like, oh God, what the fuck? And she's like, and she could tell that she was, uh, she has a hangover, so she must have been drinking, so she relapsed. So she's not already not feeling great. She goes to the shower, and who walks out of the shower but Michael Rappaport in a towel. And she's just like, no, what the fuck? And so she gets out to her car, pulls out as quickly as she can, and runs head on to a semi. <laughs> I, I hope that nobody listening has ever had any sort of limited sexual encounter that resulted in them the next day seeing somebody who looked or acted like Michael Rappaport <laughs> but also if you did and you immediately ran into traffic I completely understand and I would tell everybody you were doing something else I've got your back yeah 100% yeah see like I think the implication in this scene is that Michael Rappaport uh uh raped her while she was too drunk to uh to say no or something like that but I couldn't really tell like, because the movie does The movie moves too Yeah, exactly. Fast. The movie like, just doesn't even address, like, something like that. Like, Michael Rappaport would have said something later on, like, yo, she was great. She would have been better if she said yes or, 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 or something, right? But the movie doesn't really give any time to that scene. I was like, did that happen? I, I don't know. So instead, I think the movie's just trying to play, like, she just wanted to get away from Michael Rappaport so fast she didn't care if she got killed by a head on semi. It's understandable. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Thousand yeah. percent, get it. So, which, uh, totally fair. Anyway, uh, it was uh, David Caruso finds out about it, he's really sad, he gets to go to her funeral and stuff like that, he's, like, trying to get out of it. Um, I don't think he's necessarily trying to get revenge for that killing, but I, I think he is trying to work with the cops to take down Little Junior. So, anyway, oh yeah, we have to talk about uh, Michael Rappaport and his death scene. Uh, Hell yeah, Michael dude. Rappaport's <laughs> job at the chop shop just—I think it's just yelling at people to go faster when they're working on cars. <laughs> Him just being like a junkyard taskmaster is really. He fun. really usually you'd see that scene <laughs> How is with that like a job? like an obese southern man with like a New Orleans accent. Like, oh, you gotta get that. He's like patting himself with a handkerchief. You gotta get that uh, Cadillac out there faster. And, and he said he's just yelling like, oh come on, you gotta put some fucking bolts in it. And the guys are just like actually working on a car and they're just not even looking at him. <laughs> I've worked a lot of warehouse jobs in my life. If someone who looked and sounded like Michael Rappaport <laughs> asked me why I wasn't moving faster, I would not be in this call tonight. <laughs> I, my life would have gone very differently. 
So Nick Cage is also sick and tired of his shit. So he decides to savagely beat him to the same song that Robin Williams danced to in Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> and I don't remember what that well, song is. Somebody on. has that context. Yeah, I don't remember what that song is off the top of my head. Is it Jump Around? I think it is. I think so. Yeah, I think it's I think Jump it's Around. Awesome. All right. Well, anyway. Uh, so, what are this scene is magical because it takes Michael Rappaport like ten minutes to realize he's about to die. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> everything in this movie happens way too fast, except for Michael Rappaport's realization that everyone else has realized twenty minutes ago. They That's grab the thing him, about take him in a separate room, lock the door. They put they, they, they all, close like, all put the blinds. <laughs> he's like, "Hey, you guys look like Morton's fisherman." It's like oh, you were about to be. Cut like a fucking fish, dude. You're done. Did you? And, he was, and so he's just like, did you talk to anyone? And to which, uh, sorry, that was Steve Austin there. And uh, to which Michael Rappaport goes, you know me, fucking with little Judy. I never talked to no one about no shit. Maybe like three or four cops or something, but that's it. <laughs> they just beat the fuck out of it. They paint the office with his blood. If I saw this in a theater, I would have clapped during this. Yeah. Scene. <laughs> I think everyone would have. That it, this, this is, is like the portals the, opening. Now that I've seen like <laughs> four hundred movies from the list, now I know that this is the scene where it's like this guy is such a piece of shit that you don't care when he gets gutted by Jason Voorhees. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know what happens after this. I, my next and final note. I do remember basic plot uh, points, but the only thing I took a note on was. Uh, there's a scene in which Nick Cage is just pogoing in the strip club, and then he slugs the dude in the face and yells, My father died! He's not even, like, looking at the strippers. He's looking away from the strippers. <laughs> There's no one else dancing to the music. He's just doing that. All right, let's... Let's all sit on. Let's figure out what's what's going on here. Yeah. So it's like an abrupt three years later. Yeah. Well, everything in this movie yeah. is abrupt. <laughs> so this and is yeah. Get... Uh, Jimmy Kilmartin, he gets out of prison, which by the way is Sing Sing. I don't know if that's important, but he gets out of it. There. Probably was in the forties. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Anyway, he gets out. <laughs> that's like the one holdover they brought over. They didn't change anything. Yeah. yeah. So uh, <laughs> so he gets out of there and he marries. Uh, the other woman who's living with them. Who is, uh... I have no idea who this yeah, is. Yeah, like, in the movie or, like, or the actress. I don't remember. No, in the in the movie. Yeah. Like, I, I, I wasn't really thinking about who the actress is. But yeah. I thought it was the babysitter? Yeah, I Catherine don't, don't Urbe know. is the actress. Uh, I don't know who that is. I know she's not Helen Hunt. But I, I, I couldn't tell if that was, like, their cousin or something or their au pair. I don't know who that I, is. To me, this character just appeared in the movie, and I was supposed to act like I knew who they were the whole time, and I was clueless. But I just sort of went with it because what are you going to do? Rewind, kiss, and yeah, I'm so no, no. <laughs> we are on a strict deadline here. So yeah, so he buries her. I fucking whatever. Okay, that's great. I hope they're happy. And uh, anyway, David Cruz is also like working with the cops, being like, okay, I can take down uh, this very naughty man, little Junior. Uh, and I, the cops, one of the cops is uh, Stanley Tucci, right? And right off the bat, you can just, like, feel the grease coming off this guy. Like, there, this guy is the definition of greasy. And uh, he's really trying to work on, like, uh, uh, 
take down this uh, guy because he's he's doing he's drug dealing, he's killing people, there's a whole bunch of bad shit going down. But there's also another guy, Ving Rames is in this. This is a year removed from uh, Pulp Fiction. Ving Rames just shows up like 45 minutes into this movie. Like, hello, I am also here. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck is Dude, this? Dude, I told you, this is just, someone is getting out his toys and playing with them. There's such a high concentration of guys in this. But unfortunately, a lot of the guys don't get a lot of screen time. I, I really wanted... Uh, I, I really wanted more Ving Rhames in this, because I like Ving Rhames. I, this movie is like if a bunch of dudes who signed four four movie deals with a studio and had done three of them all met up and decided to unionize. <laughs> like, everyone is in this for like exactly ten minutes, and then they're gone forever. And it's like, oh, well, congrats on the check, buddy. Hope this movie did well. Well, anyway... Uh, That's a good gig, honestly. Yeah, so, Vi- yeah. so Ving Rhames gets killed... Uh, while uh, David Caruso's wearing a wire. Um, wait a second. Doesn't... When David Caruso, he gets out of prison, he goes up to... He goes to the strip club to see Little Junior. And he's just like, uh, yeah, even though I got arrested and did time for you, I want to work with you now. And Little Junior's just like, ah, oh, far out, fruity, man. I love it. And uh, that's also the scene where that one guy uh, touches a stripper and then they make him strip in his underwear. <laughs> this is a central scene that comes back later on. When they, they, they do the fake out with the cigarette burn, and it's like, nah, I'm just kidding. Actually, you have to go be a stripper in the club. I think I would have taken the cigarette burn. Uh, <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, oh, shit, yeah, do it, yeah. man. Have we talked about the scene where, uh, after regular... <laughs> Fuck, I Big Junior. After Nick... <laughs> yes, regular Junior, after he dies... We see how Nick Cage is dealing with it, where it just cuts inside the strip club, where he's just hopping up and down and wailing. <laughs> we we did talk about that. <laughs> that is, we can talk about that. The most abs- the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. You know, it kind of pisses me off because, like, remember there was like that meme video going around like years and years and years ago about like Nick Cage and this Nick Cage. It was like Nick Cage loses his shit in movies. It's like him running around saying, "I'm a vampire, I'm a vampire." Him like screaming obscenities and stuff like that. That scene is not in that video, and it should have been like the most important scene in that video because it's set to fucking like, like Lux Eterna or whatever. It's just like that should have been in there like three different times. Him just pogoing in that fucking strip club. <laughs> my father yeah, died. My biggest, <laughs> my biggest takeaway is like, how is this not one of the Nick Cage movies that's talked about? It's a good question. Like I've so many. Yeah, I'm aware of a bunch of them without ever having seen them, but like. This movie features several monologues about how the taste of metal makes him gag, and then cut to him just like wailing in a strip club. Yeah, his weakness how is, is this asthma. not in the conversation. <laughs> He's like, like super this strong. Is, above. This has to be better than Vampire's Kiss, right? Like, come on, dude. I had a lot more fun watching this than Leaving Las Vegas. Like, Leaving Las Vegas is an Oscar-winning performance, and when you watch, you just kind of feel really like grimy. Watching this, I'm just like, oh hell yeah. It's so good. It's so much of this is like how movies used to be Mm -hmm. in what is both a good and a bad way. Like, there's no way in the world if you made this movie today it would have a false ending. Like, there's just there's no way. Like, like the fourth act in movies like this was so fucking common in the '90s that every time I see it now, it's like quaint and funny. Like, oh yeah, Yeah. (laughs) what what if this movie doesn't end at the 85? You know, I was actually thinking of here's a comparison for something that you talked about recently. Small Soldiers. Small Soldiers is one of those movies where it has a fourth act where it's just, oh, this movie should be over by now, and then it just keeps going. You know, 
And I don't even mind it. Uh, I don't think I minded it in uh, Small Soldiers. And I didn't mind it in this one because I was like, no, we should probably get some resolution here. Uh, and the weird yeah. thing is this movie's fourth act is three different scenes of Stanley Tucci eating hot dogs and someone going, hey, come over here for a second. And they walk behind a pillar and then talk about crime. <laughs> it's really good. If that, that should be on like the blueprint that you submit to like uh, a studio executive. I'm like, huh, what's Stanley Tucci going to do? You're not just going to have him behind a desk all the time. No, he's going to eat hot dogs. Okay. He's haggling with some vendor. Some walks up and goes, come here. And then they go walk five steps to the right and go, what are you fucking talking about? You're breaking my balls over there. You're trying to fuck up this whole operation. And that happens three times in the movie ends. Yeah. It's beautiful. We have to go back. Yeah. That was, Oh, that was uh, one of those. I, I remember how he got back into, big, into Little Junior's gang. Uh, little Junior is sitting there, like distraught, just sitting over there, like the guy from the the Pink Floyd movie. And, and he <laughs> he goes up to him, and he's, and he's just like, "Hey, uh, I heard your dad died. Uh, very sorry." And Little Junior, without even looking, he's like, "What's worse to lose, your wife or your father?" To which David Caruso, I don't even think he answers him. And I'm pretty sure Little Junior is just like, "Correct answer." And like they just go on like that. He works with him, and. Uh, he he does pick up because he's wearing a wire for when he kills uh, Ving Rhames, and then they have to go to some like what some underpass where where all the federal agents are meeting and they're arguing over whose guy got killed and whose job it is or whatever. One guy there is huge; he's like bracket sized, and uh, he's <laughs> <laughs> that's the name that's going to come back. He's the largest object. Yeah. <laughs> Brackus, or as I call him, bigger Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Bigger Junior. <laughs> and biggest Junior is just fucking Orson Welles. <laughs> no, it's Mar- Marlon Brando's Biggest Junior. All right. He I knew what you were going for. It's fine. <laughs> anyway, uh, they're just like, no, we have to call the whole operation off, or it's going to be our job, and we want it. It's going to be state, it's going to be federal, it's going to be this, it's going to be that. You're just like, oh, it's one of those movies. It's going to be typical. I take it down. Oh, no. Turns out Stanley Tucci was only in this so he could get a job as a judge. Stanley Tucci's going to be like, oh, yeah, they, they don't even know what's going to happen. I'm going to overturn Roe before Kavanaugh even God. thinks about it. Could you imagine going into a courtroom and it's just this character wearing like a powdered wig and a robe? <laughs> just eating a hot dog. But they have that reveal oh, and you're like, I probably, probably didn't need this character. Yeah. I probably could just cut all this out. Yeah. We could have been done in 85. I don't know. I actually, okay. I actually like this character. I don't, I don't know why. I kind of like this like dirty cop in it for a job sort of thing. They have to, most of his seats are just by a hot dog cart. I mean, I'm always happy to see Stanley Tucci and Hot Dogs. Yeah. So the two of them together did a lot for me. <laughs> but also, that. we could have trimmed ten minutes out real quick. Yeah, well, you know, we actually we actually could do that, but uh, we don't. Yeah, it's all ten minutes that Michael Rapport is in. You're right. No. <laughs> Expand his role. Zack Snyder, where are you? <laughs> we need a spinoff. <laughs> Fucking Ronnie, the uh, the 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 chop shop guy. Just day in the life, baby. <laughs> and we'll do dirty cars here. It's like clearly you do, but he's gonna beat you to death in front of his shop, anyways. I'm and sorry. I'm thinking about minutes. like what if what if completely. I don't know how I got on this sort of thing. What you guys are talking. I just think what if what if Michael Rappaport's character is one of the guys who showed up to the funeral at the end of Big Fish. <laughs> <laughs> 
Excuse <laughs> <laughs> maybe his life wasn't that great anyway. <laughs> Same, but also Avengers in Yeah. <laughs> Where's all of the superheroes and then Michael Rappaport with a shame. Would, would you rather be Michael suit? Rappaport in the Oasis or C three PO? <laughs> oh fuck! You gotta turn that game yeah. off. <laughs> Yeah. That's that's the one where you you, you the Kyle Gas opening a book face. <laughs> Take the headset off. It's Crack like, open a nice novel. War I'm trying beef. to think if there are if there are people that I would be madder to see as I walk through the pearly gates and see who the rest of, I'm going to spend the rest of eternity with in heaven than Michael Rappaport and like it's pretty tough. Yeah. Like I can't I can't you, think of anybody that I'd rather be there. You gotta like think you do a three sixty and walk away and be like no 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 the like, other no, place I, let's I, go. <laughs> I lied. I forgot Paco. <laughs> Yo, Dorner, come over here and talk to me. I don't want him to notice me. <laughs> well, uh, David Caruso, David Caruso can no longer. Max gonna knock over his porta potty when he hears me say that about Paco. <laughs> David Caruso can no longer keep it a secret from his uh, new wife anymore. It's your paradox scenario. It's Michael Rappaport. <laughs> <laughs> One of us tells only lies, the other one is fat as shit. <laughs> secret. Shut the fuck up, secret. Anyway, I'm telling the truth. <laughs> no one made it. Yeah. Such a fat piece of shit. Fuck him. So, David Caruso. <laughs> uh he actually uh he thinks he's gonna be okay but then his daughter gets kidnapped and he finds the letters bad on her uh forehead uh parker can you tell me what bad stands for I Man, he knows how to spell come on <laughs> you don't re- I, just because he went to school in texas doesn't mean he doesn't know how to spell bad he i know a lot of things that uh might conflict with your textbooks <laughs> So anyways, on to this chapter about the war of northern aggression. <laughs> I thought you guys called it the war between the states. All right, never mind. I guess I... You know, it's about states' rights and nothing else. There's actually. nothing civil about it. <laughs> anyway. Don't ask what the rights were for. B-A-T stands for <laughs> Balls Attitude Direction. <laughs> That's also something that I like to write on the heads of little kids. <laughs> All right, so uh, he he goes to uh, what is it? David Caruso. He realizes that his family, including his new wife, who I just I still don't know the relate. That might be a blood relationship yeah, right there. That could be incest, as far as I. There's know. no telling. So he goes to uh, baby cakes. I, I think I like saying fucking Katie Yeager more than I like saying baby cakes. <laughs> and uh, he goes there with a gun and says, "I'm going to shoot you." To which uh, no one tries to stop him. <laughs> which, if I was if I was fucking little Junior at that point, I would have been like, "Guys, what are you, what are you doing? You gotta help me out here." It turns out having your weakness be asthma is a lot more crippling than you thought it would be. <laughs> Everyone get up there and dance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me down. It's great because again, this this is what like maybe minute ninety of this movie that is like chock full of stuff happening. I had already forgotten that he had asthma. <laughs> so did I. When he, I had to wait until he starts like reaching for his fucking uh, inhaler before I realized, like, why is he breathing heavy? Is he get? Oh, he's going to go extreme. He's going to go ultra instinct on this guy. <laughs> he's going to hit that blue jazz. <laughs> 
blue velvet. He's gonna whatever. start flying Come around on. the room, and a bunch of bats are gonna come in. <laughs> <laughs> Better movie. Your daughter is accepting me as one of her. Own. <laughs> Man, speaking of a fourth act, you get to this thing where his daughter's missing, and then he finds her, and she just has B A D written on her forehead, and he's like, "Also, he's in jail." You're like, "What the fuck was the point?" Yeah, exactly. It was like, "What the fuck is this?" Also, yeah, yeah. I assumed he could get to you. That's the whole point of the movie. Uh, by the way, the, the, by, speaking of the scene where they film Stanley Tucci eating hot dogs and bring it behind a, a pillar and loudly talk about crimes and corruption and graft. Uh, I think on the other side of that building, uh, Little Junior gets out of, beats all the charges, and he's met not with the press, not with a bunch of flashing light cameras and all the shit. No one else is there except for members of his gang. It's like, hey, Little Junior, you beat the charges, so when are we going to kill that other motherfucker? It's just like, no one here wanted to cover this? The Saturday Evening Post thought this wasn't really worth it? You know, it kind of just hit me, like, what this movie is. This is a movie about, like, bad guys in Batman. It, yeah, like, pretty much, yeah. This is, you're just waiting has, for fucking has, Robert Pattinson to swoop in. It has real, it's the Bat energy, right? It's just, like, every character that, like, doesn't have a name in a panel, but also you've seen multiple times, just, like, walking around doing crime for no reason other than the sake of doing it. I think it. the, like, the Maybe, kind of rules. The only reason Maybe Batman's not in here. In crime alley. Yeah, the only reason Sorry. Batman's not in here is there's so many scenes that take place during the day. <laughs> and because if mo- Batman were here, this would have ended in four panels. Exactly. Instead of lifting cars being rammed, he just had a giant brown sack with dollar bills on the side. <laughs> Can you imagine Batman versus Michael Rappaport? <laughs> I would like to. Uh, uh, so I do have a problem with this, and that's that Batman's not allowed to kill. <laughs> I will say that making a guy uh, dance on a stripper stage in his underwear is something Batman would do to someone. But it would have been like the fucking Batman Forever Batman, though. You know, Michael Rappaport in your doorway is what you see if you get the scarecrow talking. <laughs> 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 Waking up from bed and not knowing whether Michael Rappaport slept, for, slept with you. That is like this primal fear. Ah, uh, there's room for one more. Like, absolutely murder me. <laughs> Send me to Arkham. Oh, look who finally woke up. Like, where the fuck are you going? I would, I would literally be more comfortable if it was Fat Bastard, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, this really does feel like it's the bat the whole time. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, one of the reasons that David Caruso is able to beat Nick Cage in the gunfight at the end is because the guy who was forced to dance on stage in his underwear, which, by the way, the strippers were not happy about that. You saw their faces. The strippers were so They pissed, were dude. very, very unsatisfied with this doughy man on stage. Which... I think it's one of the more realistic portrayals of strippers I've ever seen. Because yeah. they would absolutely be pissed if some fat guy took their song. Exactly. Away. They had to wait like 40 minutes exactly. for that. Exactly. That was like, that was my big scene. I'm, I'm now 12 bucks, like, less rich. So anyway, he saves uh, David Caruso's gun under his shoe. I think he makes his face like, ooh, I'm hiding it. I'm such a silly boy. And then he kicks it over to him later on. So uh, David Caruso is able to beat the asthmatic <laughs> gun battle. <laughs> And uh, then he gets his uh, daughter back, and he was also recording the conversation he had with Stanley Tucci, to which uh, he says, hey, I guess you better, you know, file him up on charge or something like that. And Stanley Tucci's like, you're going to testify, right? To help us put him away. He's like, no, I think I'm just going to fuck off. And he uh, fucks off in the credits roll. 
why would you tell crimes to a guy that informed for you? That's a good question. That is, like, the least <laughs> trustworthy person that you could possibly talk about crime with. I just want to Much say one of the reviews here. Kenneth Turan of the Los Angeles Times called Nicolas Cage one of the few American actors who gets more interesting from film to film. Can you imagine watching Leaving Las Vegas and watching this and being like, hmm, yes, hmm, yes, interesting. <laughs> Hysterical. I just Humorous. can't stop thinking. You spend this whole <laughs> Sorry. this whole movie teasing <clears throat> him finally getting revenge and like getting his name clear, and it's it's just David Caruso versus a guy with asthma. <laughs> <laughs> It's not very thrilling to watch when you put it all on the table like that. It kind of loses a bit of luster. Uh, apparently... It doesn't have the same Batman versus Bane feel to it. Apparently everyone's praising Nick Cage's performance in this. I was like, really? It's fucking stupid. It's fun. I, I like it. But it's like, this is exactly like a, a great portrayal, you know? It's not getting nominated for like a dual Academy Award, you know? Maybe it should have, though. Maybe we're just doing this yeah, all wrong. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the scene where he's bench-pressing a stripper who calls him the faggot word is, uh... That's gonna be in my head for a bit. <laughs> I also forgot about that. Dude. <laughs> You'd think that would be the top line of my notes. Yeah. 1996 Academy Awards. Let's see what he was Opening up, up a text file on my computer that just says, Potential dog <laughs> And that's the tea, sis.